following sports program is brought to you by the Loaded Bases Podcast. This is New York. Everybody late. Everybody. All right. And now that we are finished talking about the Mets, uh, this is you know, finally your time, Drew, to take out all the pent up all the pent-up Yankees takes and and hot takes and and uh, sweltering fandom that you need to uh, okay get. call me a homer. I'm not calling without, you a homer. Call me a homer without calling me a homer. <laughs> why don't you? Jesus Christ! No, but I just know that you've you've wanted to say a lot of these things for. Well, look, I think the all right. So we'll, we'll, let's just we'll start off. We we don't have to really. I don't really want to talk about the game today because it wasn't it wasn't exactly fun for me. The Yankees went to extra innings. Um, real quick, actually, real quick. No, I'll talk just, about I'll, Gary. Just, I'll do this. I'll do this. I'll do this fast. Well, uh, well, yeah. Well, first of all, I was worried about Gary entering the season because he looked really good in the beginning of spring training, and at the end of spring training was like four for like twenty-two or something like that. I was like, whoa, what's going on here? Yeah. Um, but looks looks good behind the plate, which is good. Um, framing pitches well and is not letting those balls get by him. In immense improvement, and and the writing's on the wall for Gary. We'll get into that in a second. Can we just speak on real quick? The Yankees lost in extra innings. Ball got hit over Judge's head, by, allowed by Nick Nelson. Runner comes in from second because what I didn't realize, which I should have known since we do a podcast on baseball, was that they kept the runner. I guess I did know. I just forgot that they kept the runner in extra innings rule over the universal DH. Can we just spend two minutes talking about that? Out of all the rules, you know, baseball is just it just really just continues to shoot itself in the foot. Of all the rules that you're going to choose to implement and, to, yeah, and, and to, to put the runner on second. I understand if it's the 12th inning. And Joe Torre had a quote about this last year. Put the runner on the second base in the 12th inning. I get that. You don't want a game going 15 innings. But the 10th inning, the 11th inning, you can't even get one extra inning of actual baseball. I, it's ridiculous. Anyway, I, I just don't well, understand yeah, how you do that. Yeah. But then you allow Blake Snell or Jacob DeGrom to go up and hit ninth and risk their entire – Jacob DeGrom could run the bases this year and end his, end his career because it happens. Well, Jack, my, Zach my Gallen one, just got a hairline well, fracture on his arm from, from that. There you go. And my one example all the time is Chimmy Wong. His career ended running around third base. So well, I, I for one really play. enjoy seeing hitters bat 087. I love it. So. Okay. Anyway, let's move on. Um, all right. So let's talk about the Yankees offseason. Let's go into it. Because the Yankees had a good offseason, I think. Um, so they, they got DJ, six-year deal, $90 million, $15 million AAV. That's a steal. It just is. I mean, the guy bat 364 last year. He's batted 384 since 2019 with runners in scoring position. That leads the A out by far. I mean, the guy, he's an offensive juggernaut. We'll go into how that went down because I know you have opinions on that. We'll, we'll do that in a second. They got some pitching. Nick, they got some pitching. I mean, for the first time in forever. So they got Kluber, one-year deal, $11 million. We'll get into that in a second. They traded for Ty- Tyone, um, who's going to get paid uh, $2.5 million this year in arbitration. Um, they, they picked up Darren O'Day for the bullpen. They picked up Justin Wilson, who I thought was a good signing. They also brought in Jay Bruce, um, who they – Invited to spring training, they signed to a $1.3 million deal for the regular season. They also signed Chirinos and Derek Dietrich to a minor league deal. Love it. Um, I love the depth moves that they made. 
Yeah, so it's it's good. It was a it was a solid off season for the Yankees. I I my grade for them was an A minus, and I'm going to give you my rationale. I think A minus is solid. What do you what do you think is solid? Um, I think A minus is solid. Well, let's think about it for a second. The Yankees don't have obviously the the same amount of holes that they do when when you when you're talking about a team like the Mets, right? So the Yankees, I think it I think they get are, an A actually. Okay, an A an A is fine. Uh, the reason yeah. why I'll, I'll tell you why I gave them the A minus. Corey Kluber and Tyone, it, it, it can go haywire very quickly, right? It, it could either, they, the upside is tremendous. Tyone is young. He's controllable. He's 28, 29. He's one more year of control. Um, he'll be a free agent at 30, which isn't great. And obviously, 28, 29 isn't like, you know, the, the supreme years um, for a pitcher coming off of injury and who has only thrown one pitch since 2019. Uh, but the upside is there. Kluber, obviously dominant, one, used to be one of the best pitchers in the league, but he is turning 35 in a couple of days. So that can go totally haywire off the walls. They 60% of their starting rotation has thrown one pitch since 2019, and that's Tyone, Kluber, and Domingo Herman. So could they have done more uh, starting pitching-wise? I guess but when we were talking to Lou last year, we were talking about the lack of depth in their starting pitching because so many of their young starters weren't MLB ready. They weren't tested, and they were young. I mean, Clark Schmidt, young. Davey Garcia, 21 years old, right? Um, Jonathan, uh, not Jonathan, what was it? Jordan Montgomery, uh, not a lot of playoff experience. Domingo Ramon wasn't around last year. So they didn't really have the depth um, to sustain a playoff run. But now when you're adding... Two guys who can be that second, a solid number two pitcher. Tyone has ace potential, which I think you can agree, or at least one B potential. I think he has right? ace potential um, for sure, for sure. Yeah, um, and Cole speaks highly of him. Um, now you give yourself that flexibility, and you can be like, okay, now I have starting depth. We have Cole, Tyone, Kluber. This is not in order. Herman Montgomery. We have Severino coming off the IL, who's looking good and is expected to be back in July. Um, and then you also have Davey Garcia, you have Clark Schmidt, bring in Darren O'Day, you bring in Justin Wilson to solidify the bullpen. I love, they I love lost the, yeah, the bullpen's great. I they lost Zach Britton uh, for a few months, which is going to hurt. It's going to hurt. Justin Wilson um, is going to be out for a couple of weeks, but he'll be back soon. Um, but he's a good pitcher. I like the Darren O'Day signing. So the, 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 the bullpen is solid, we know. I think they did enough in terms of bringing in Wilson and bringing in O'Day. And to make it solid, it's just the pitching that scares me a little bit. Um, just because you have these three guys that have only thrown one pitch um, since 2019. Now, hot take, right? So we can go into. I'll, I'll get your. We'll get your opinion on on what they did in a second. Um, but I think, and I don't know. I don't know how you feel about this, but Domingo Herman. Right, we were talking about how we were gonna have some bold takes, right? So I'm gonna give you my bold take for the year. I think that Domingo Herman could be by season's end. Now, anything could happen, but I think by season's end, Domingo Herman could be the, the second best pitcher on this Yankee staff. That's interesting. Now, I also think her, I think Montgomery's gonna be good. I think Montgomery's a good pitcher. He has a high strikeout stuff, um, but Herman is coming off. Obviously, a year suspension, but just pitched phenomenally 
in spring. I remember when we were talking about how when he has a bad game, it's a blunder. He lets up seven or eight runs. Yes. He pitched a bad game in his last outing in spring, and he let up two runs. And it was a bad game. He was getting guys yeah, on base. Not- he wasn't getting as many strikeouts. But he let up two runs. And his stuff looks good. Well, the so, stuff has never been the question with Herman. Like, it, you know, um, it's been a mental. It's it, yeah, oh, look, we know we know what the issue with Herman has been. Um, no, but even so, and, he you know he he is sometimes prone to home runs, no matter where he is, uh, home or away. But especially, obviously, that gets exacerbated at Yankee Stadium. Uh, you know, and but that's kind of it. He's like, he's just got, he's just got great stuff. He gets swinging strikes. He gets called strikes. He gets batters to chase. He doesn't walk batters too often. Like your take is, is a little hot. It's a little, it's a little, uh, you know, it's a little, it's like, uh, it's a little sizzling, but, but it's, it's not a bad take. Um, uh, I have a, I actually have a similar take, but with a different player, but, but why don't you just continue and I'll, and I'll, you know, well, no, I just I'll think that I, I don't think it's as hot as you may think because Severino is still only going to be pitching half of the year. Uh, I don't know, man, because Tyone's- he, you know, people were wondering. I think most people had no idea whether the fifth, the fifth spot. Let's just think about that. The fifth spot. So this is like possibly not even in the pitching staff was going to go to a rookie or Herman, and you're saying that he's going to possibly be the best pitcher besides Cole. That's a hot take, my friend. That is a hot take. And I think that you should stand by it. You should stick with it. Because that is, I think that's a hot take and I think it's a good take. And I think it's, uh, it's a little like, uh, it's, 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 I agree actually in some, I mean, I actually will just say, right. Cause why, why not stop, stop teasing, stop hinting at it. I think Monty is probably due for probably a, a bit of a better year, but I do, I do like Herman a lot. I definitely do like Herman. Look, his strikeout numbers are good. He has he averages ten strikeouts over nine innings. His home run numbers per nine innings they leave a little bit to be desired, but they've been low before. And you got him as your fifth starter nine. in fantasy, my friend. Let's not let's not be coy here, because we are in the same I league, do, sir. I do, but I but I did that because I have conviction and I believe in him. That's why I have confidence <laughs> and I believe in him, regardless of the stuff that happened in the offseason. I think he's a good pitcher, and yeah, the mental the mental stuff is going to be a question, but he knows what's up. Look, there's two players on the Yankees right now that know that the writing's on the wall, and that's Gary Sanchez and Domingo Herman. And right now, as far as we've seen, it it, it feels like the the light the fire's been lit under their ass because Herman is pitching very well, and he always had good stuff. His strikeout numbers are really good. In 2019, he was averaging nine strikeouts per per, per nine innings. He has a career he has a career average of 10.1 per nine. I mean, the guy is nice. So I look through his two years that he was um like a solid everyday starting pitcher he went out consistently his his earned run average gets up there but he's remained healthy right and he's been consistent and has kept the yankees in games and that's what's important we can talk about fantasy value we can talk about statistical value but the importance is the how what his importance is to the team and in terms of them in terms of turning around wins well, this guy well, kind of helps when you score five runs a game not, i'm not knocking her mom yeah like, he has he has one of the best off yeah okay but we're not talking about him individually we're talking about him in the aspect of the overall team no, right. That's and what I'm what saying. Can he like, do? It, it, relative to what the team needs, that that's what exactly. he provides. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Go, I'm not going out there and saying that that, that Domingo Herman is the second coming of Garrett Cole. I'm not saying that. 
But I'm saying in, in, term, in relative to the team, I think that when you look at Tyone, whose, limit, whose innings are going to be limited, you look at Kluber, who's 35 years old, you don't know what could happen with him. Jordan Montgomery, I think, is going to be really good. And then Severino coming back, I think he has the opportunity to be the second best pitcher on the staff. And not too long ago, he was the best pitcher on the staff. In 2019, there was periods of time where he was the best pitcher. Him and Tanaka were the best pitchers on the staff. And he, it was 1A, 1B. Which I that's a term that I've used maybe like five times already through this podcast. I don't know what's wrong. <laughs> Question, right? So, you know, Domingo Herman like didn't didn't work out with the team. Uh, and we know that this team has a history of injury. Do you think that that's going to be like a hindrance? Or do you think that him having this year off and working maybe with his own personal trainers uh, in the Dominican, do you think that that might actually help be help be helpful? Well, it's tough because it's not like another sport. When you're a pitcher, yeah, you got to work out with the team, but you know pretty much what it is that you need to do. Ground ball, hit the first base. All right, I need to run to first base. You know, uh, pop up. Who's going to? You know, the, the, in terms of yeah, like you having a personal catcher. You're not throwing to Gary Sanchez. You're not throwing to Kyle Higashioka. But I don't know if that's going to have much of an impact on him. I see your point. It's a good point to bring up. But he just he just spent an entire month with the team. Um, he's been more than a month. He's been there since the middle of February. So I don't think it's going to have that much of an effect. It's a good point. It's a good point to bring up, but it's not like, you know, he's suiting up for an NBA game and they, and they need to be running, you know, position drills on, on the court. He, he knows what he has to do is to go out there. His job is consistent, right? There's not too many plays that he needs to draw up in his head that, you know, we're not working out with the team. is going to necessarily have a drastic impact on his performance. Well, his pitches were on, moving in spring and his velo was there. Yeah. So whatever he did in spring working out wise seemed to be yeah. working in terms of pitch efficiency, but all right, so um, do you want to move on, or do you want me to insert sort of my take well, on their on the pitch? I want to hear your grade on the Yankees offseason. Okay. And, yeah, let me hear your grade. So I would well, say well, – well, You know what? Yeah, yeah, go. Go, guys. Okay. I was going to say, ultimately, I do go A, but I'm not happy with how they did it um, because – all right, so, I like, the position I'm in is kind of like – is tough, but I also kind of stand by it, which is number one. Here we go. Yeah, which is number one. This is an incredibly high-risk, high-reward staff, right? When when they lost Tanaka, I was like, oh, my God, they literally need another Tanaka. I don't – I'm you know, forget the injury stuff. Like, they need a safe pitcher because you're already amazing. You score five runs a game with or without DJ LeMahieu, and I'm sort of connecting this because – you know, they didn't, they essentially waited a very long time to do much of anything because they were holding out for DJ Mayhew because $40 million was kind of all like, that's a rough estimate, but that's kind of all they had to stay under the threshold. Right. And this is the third year. So they would have incurred like draft pick penalties, which objectively they should try and avoid. It's not just like, you know, a tax. Right. So they waited a long time to spend money on pitchers and they ended up with uh, two, you know, objectively very high upside options. The issue is, take, going back to what I was mentioning about Tanaka, I think they, if you're already in first place, you, I think over the course of an 162-game season, like, I think they're more likely to win the division than any other team in that division. Like, they're better, I think they're better than the Rays. So, your job is to maintain. And... 
you lost Tanaka, you lost Hap, and you lost Paxton. And given that that was about 36% of their starts in 20, uh, 2020, if you if you grade that over the course of a full year, that's about 280 innings. And that's not exactly terribly easy to replace, right? So when I looked at their staff, I'm like, all right, if they hadn't got a pitcher, right, because they waited super long to do so, they the options that they had were were already very risky. Guys like you mentioned, like Herman, who hadn't pitched in a year, and and Schmidt, who's a rookie, and Garcia, who's a rookie, and you know, as much as I believe in uh, Monty, he hasn't pitched more than 166 innings in a season. So you have a lot of guys who need to eat a lot of innings, and then you got two guys who are come with a lot of risk. And I just feel like that's a bold strategy, but I think they needed a safer strategy. Even if you, even if it means less upside, I still yeah, think, I, agree. I still I, think, I, yeah, I, I said the same thing. Yeah. yeah I so agree. I think that, and also waiting, I don't understand why they needed to wait. Like I, I get that they tried well, to hold like, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait on who DJ. Well, I guess both. Right. I mean like, so, okay. Two things. Why not, why not trade with the pirates for Jamison Tyone? Like, before getting DJ, like, but like very early in the off season, like, why not just do that? Why did, why do you need to wait to do that? Like that? I don't, that I'd never understood. Well, what, I, cause, okay, cause, I mean... cause like if they need, like there was a hole, right? There was a chasm left by losing Tanaka. Uh, well, hold on. Time out. Time out. They traded for Jameson Tyon on January 24th. They signed DJ LeMahieu on January 27th. So they, they, they got Tyon before they got, DJ. Okay, but not much, and the offseason had been going on for, like, months at that but point. nobody... But this is this is the flaw with this argument. I was thinking about this the other day. I didn't mention it to you. Who else signed before DJ? If you remember correctly, nobody signed. Right, but not, ev- right, but not every other... Fall. Right, but not sorry. every other team Hold was on. in a position like the Yankees. The Yankees are an incredibly great team who had a huge hole to fill, and... Again, I will say all the Yankees but, needed I, I to do. I disagree with this premise. I disagree with this I mean, premise. I, what, okay, now hold on. Time out. DJ LeMahieu asked for $125 million over five years. That's $25 million AAV. They got him for $90 million over six years at $15 million per year. So they got him for $10 million less. They give him an extra year, but they got him for $10 million less at a bargain, $15 million, where they can now. Go around and they can say, okay, now I can go out. I can spend the $11 million on Kluber. I can go out. I can move out of Vino's contract, free up $10 million. I can go out. But and why did you? But okay, that's, I, I sort of understand that. But why then did you need to wait for Tyon? Tyon costs nothing but besides prospects. Didn't, they didn't wait for Tyon. They got him January 24th. The nothing was happening. The offseason started in, in November. <laughs> Like why? But who signed? Who signed besides James McCann? But, Nobody else signed. You, there was nothing happening. You, okay, there was no movement. Lost, there was no movement. You lost three pitchers, and you have very shaky we, options Tanaka, already. You need pitching should have been your number one priority, and waiting, you could have lost Tyon. Tyon actually probably was the most important offseason addition because he cost this is nothing. the dumbest fucking argument I've ever heard. It's, okay. <laughs> so if you, if you have lose Tyon, so if you lose they Tyon. have Kluber, and they have DJ. If Did you, they lose anybody? Why, why couldn't they have signed Jamison Tyon earlier in the offseason? They got him on January 24th before they traded for him. First of all, they didn't sign him. They traded for him three days early. Okay, did they wait a long time? Sure, I guess. Right, but there was and I'm asking why that was necessary. But, 
because they were negotiating probably. You don't know what the Pirates were asking for. You don't know what the other teams did on tie on. They had to make sure they were negotiating. You don't know what's happening behind the scenes. Nothing was happening. One Four free months. agent signed. One free agent signed between November and January. It was James McCann. The only major free agent that signed. Nobody else. There was no other trades made. Nothing else happened. It was James McCann. So Masahiro Tanaka won $17 to $18 million per year. They weren't going to give him that because they knew nobody else was giving him that. And his shoulder was a problem. The Yankees know more about Tanaka injury history than any other team. They let him walk Tanaka and he didn't, didn't want to go to any other team. Tanaka didn't, he didn't sign want because to of, go also he, because of an incident that happened in the United States. It wasn't just because the Yankees thought his injury history... You know that wasn't that wasn't also they that was part what's of the it. incident that happened? The you, Cashman was quoted on this as well. Uh, Tanaka didn't want to sign in the United States because there was like, like an incident with his son and he didn't feel safe and he just wanted to go back to Japan. That was that was part of it. Okay. It wasn't really so all right. So big whoop. So then how are you going to use him as like bait in this argument? Okay, so no, no, he no, wasn't no. going to come back regardless. No, 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 no. I'm saying then they lost James Paxton. I'm saying the somebody Yankees who needed a Tanaka type, meaning a safe pitcher. My my point is we're we're getting off topic. My point is no, your point is moronic. It's not. You, they played chicken because they wanted DJ LeMahieu. And how did it work out? But that's not the okay. You just gave them an A. You just okay. gave them an right. A for their offseason right. move. So how did it work out? Because you can be you can have both takes. It's a very lazy take to be like, oh well, it worked out because it that completely ignores the fact that it very easily couldn't have. All right, continue. You, continue. you are completely ignoring the fact. That you have no idea what's happening behind the scenes. You have no idea what's going on negotiation-wise. You have no idea who the Pirates are asking for. You have no idea who the Yankees were in contact with, who was available and who wasn't available. You're killing the Yankees for waiting to January 24th to get Tyone. Nobody got traded. Nobody got moved. Nobody was signed. Nothing happened. There was no the free the offseason started when DJ LeMayhew signed his contract. And now you want to kill the Yankees for paying chicken with DJ LeMayhew when there was a good backup plan behind that. And then they got DJ for $10 million less than what he was asking for and that then allowed them to free up cap space to say okay we have we're paying dj 15 million dollars this year now what other money can we invest okay now we can go out we can get darren o'day i can sign justin wilson i can sign Corey kluber i can move out of you can't do anything until your number one asset is locked up but you're not going to pay your aging number one asset 25 million dollars over the next five years so they had to sit there and they had to negotiate i mean it's a, it's a simple thing and if they lost him yeah it would have sucked. Cashman would have gotten murdered. He would have gotten eviscerated. It just, it, it, but it's it not like there gone, wasn't a valid okay. backup plan behind it. You have Glaber Torres, who's an all-star shortstop, above league average. I mean, a, 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 an all-star second baseman, above league average second baseman who can play the position well. You move him over. There was three shortstops who are good players that were available in Simeon, um, Andretton Simmons, and uh, Didi Gregorius. You could have easily brought back Didi on a two-year deal. Brought him in. I mean, it's 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 insane to me that you would even think about killing them for this when they got Tyone, who has a tremendous upside. They got Kluber, who's spending eleven million dollars on, who has tremendous upside. That they got DJ for ten. The the DJ contract needs to be studied in sports management like history class because it, it's insane that you were able to get a guy who's batting almost four hundred with runners in scoring position over the past two seasons for fifteen million dollars a year. That's insane. The guys won two batting champions championships in two separate leagues. The only person to ever do that in the modern history of the game. This is a this is a Hall of Famer, future Hall of Famer that you got for fifteen million dollars. And yeah, they you you call play a chicken. I they played hardball. 
You don't you don't just give the I mean, person whatever. All, let's, oh, let's here's twenty five million dollars. Okay. If they give hold on, if they gave if they gave him twenty five they they have they're like three million dollars under the threshold. So if they gave him twenty five million dollars, look at who's not gonna be here. You're not gonna have Kluber. Then you're only relying on Tyone. At least you have Tyone and Kluber. I mean, what do you like the the the, the logic behind it doesn't make any sense. Well, to it, me. it actually does. Well, have... it definitely does make sense. My point is, don't say that te- teams weren't acquiring players. I'm not saying the Yankees should have gone out. I never said the teams uh, should have gone out and got you Darvish, you Darvish, Blake Snell, Joe Musgrove. All were traded, right? So to say that the Yankees couldn't have gotten a deal done earlier, to me, that makes no sense at all. What leverage do the Pirates have? What advantage? Tell me, do they have in waiting? by keeping the one player that will not help them at all. In fact, they're they're better off losing more games. So why would they keep Tyon longer than they had to? It doesn't make any sense. You don't know what they were asking for. I don't, but no I just put the pieces for. together. I mean, my point is, the Yankees... But you said that you Darvish got traded. You have no idea the... the, the, the the Cubs could have turned around and said, okay, give us X, Y, and Z. And the Yankees could have said, no, 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 Listen to what I'm saying. I'm saying, I'm not saying the Yankees should have traded you, Darvish. I'm saying trades were happening. Many trades were happening at that time. So there, to, to me, the idea is saying, oh, well, nobody was moving. Like, okay, yeah, free agents weren't signing, but trades were happening all the time. So my, my point is they were waiting to do Nick, everything until they signed DJ, Darvish and that doesn't and make Snell, sense. You, you, Darvish, and Blake Snell got traded 10 days before the Yankees but pl- okay, signed. But, okay, like I said, James players were traded for James right. time. I don't 10 think, days. I don't think you understand what I I'm mean, saying. I mean, like, no, I understand what you're saying. I think it's a bad point. I think they were just it, they was they were taking risks in an area where they absolutely could not afford to take risks. And yes, it worked out, and you're and I'm and I'm very happy that it did, and I think you are too, but it very easily couldn't have. And I think that given the amount of opportunity cost that was there, the massive opportunity cost, right? Because they were working in such a tight window, we're we're saying, oh yeah, you know, it worked out. And that's why it's very easy to say they, they did the right thing. But if if they hadn't gotten uh Tyone, um and they you know, now you're basically I again if if it ends up that both these pitchers, which again I think they're both going to be fine, but if it ends up that one of them gets injured or you know, but they're both at like 120 innings or something like, and then your the pitching staff isn't giving you enough innings, that's going to be a problem. And the other problem is, I think they also you know possibly could have lost Tyon very easily. Could have the- lost Tyon. You're just saying, okay, just 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 trade players at at will. And, and and you're not explaining to me what other pitches they could have out, gotten out and gotten besides maybe Trevor Bauer, where they could have, where they would have had to spend a ridiculous amount of well, money. Well, I will say, and he didn't I, by the I, way I, sign I until like a month will ago. Say that uh, one of the safer and better options out there. When you you're going to disagree, but I mean it's just the proof is is in the player, which is Joe Musgrove. Um, Joe Musgrove. I know you're going to say you're going to look at his numbers, but the strikeout numbers on his pitches are very good. The, the excuse me the actual stuff numbers like the movement on his pitches are really good he just wasn't good because he was with a, a backwards organization um Ty, i mean musgrove i think would have been a safer uh healthier option but again i'm i'm really more killing them on the timing than the pitchers that they missed out let me let me just be clear on this again i'm really not well i again i think that they assume too much risk by getting two injury prone players 
uh, or not rather not injury prone, but but players who probably are going to have to be you're going to have to be careful with them, and you're probably going to get like you know lo- like hundred something innings from both hundred twenty innings, hundred thirty innings maybe from both of them, uh, which is you know I mean again for a team that that really just needs to maintain, I just don't get assuming this much risk. Like if I'm the Yankees and again, like I said this to begin with, it is hard to kill them because it worked out and I'm, and I'm not like killing them. I just, I don't see why, even if you're the pirates, like I don't see what the advantage was in waiting. It doesn't make sense to me. It, I get the sense that because all these trades were happening, a team very easily could have called for tie on and been like, Hey, we'll give you this. I mean, can't you see that happening? Uh, the, just, there were teams out there that were that you know are competitive that needed pitching that have prospects um, that were ripping that like the Pirates were getting plucked for players right and left. I mean, like you know they they lost Musgrove, they they lost Bell, like they were selling all their favorite their, excuse me their favorite players their best players. I feel like Tyon could have. I mean, it just seems very, very rational and logical to think that Tyon could have easily gotten plucked by a higher bidder. And just given how much the Yankees really needed a cheap, affordable, great pitcher, I believe in Tyon. That's also why I'm so tight because I think well, you're he tight? was so. They have him. No, but I'm saying uh, it's they. This is, play this is, chicken. But you see, you see how ridiculous this point. You're going, you're going on and on. This is a ridiculous point. Again, there, there's going to be risk whenever you're negotiating with somebody. You don't know what the Pirates are asking for. You don't even know. The, first of all, I admit, and I've said this a million times, Cashman is bullish on pitching. He never seems to really do as much as he should to get started pitching. Maybe it's just a philosophy that he has. I don't know because he doesn't, he doesn't open himself up. He's not an open book. You have no idea what's going on in this guy's mind. So unfortunately, because the Yankees are run like the Kremlin, we don't know what was happening behind the scenes. But I do know what did happen. I know that DJ LeMahieu was asking for $25 million a year and wouldn't budge on it. The Yankees played hardball with him. Was it a risk? Yeah. Was there a backup plan? There was. Was it as good as having DJ at second? No. But would they have made it work? They would have. Because the backup plan wasn't egregiously bad. It was actually good, and they would have still been a contender for this year. And guess what? The hardball worked out. So in the end of the day, it worked out for them. And very, very rarely, the Yankees always, always take risk when they're negotiating. When they were negotiating with Derek Jeter, who if they would have lost, it would have made the Yankees fans' head explode, even though he was 35, 36 years old, they told him to go get other offers. You have to take risks. You can't just give players, as much as I'm always player-friendly and I stand by the players, you can't always give them what they want. And they got DJ at a team-friendly deal for $10 million less than his asking price. So at the end of the day... It worked out. I mean, like, you have to give them that credit. Yeah, it was risky. I don't know why they're taking so much risk when they're such a good team. But it works out. You have to have the cojones to stand your ground. Now, in terms of the Pirates, that's a hard debate to have because we don't know what was going on. You don't know if the Yankees called up the Cubs or the Yankees called up the Rays for either Darvish or Snell and asked for something and that they asked back for a higher prospect that they didn't want to give up. You don't know what the what the pirate if the pirates were like, "Okay, we'll take these guys for Tyone, but we won't take these guys for Musgrove." I mean, you don't know what was happening. So it's hard to kill them on that, especially when there was so much inactivity. That's what gets me tight because there was so much inactivity. The rest of the offseason was kind of waiting to see 
which piece was going to be the first one to fall. And once that piece fell, everybody else was going to be affected. That's the way the, this offseason, that was the storyline of this offseason. DJ was the first one to fall, and players were kind of pissed off because he took a team-friendly deal. But it worked out for the Yankees at the end of the day. You don't know what was happening with the other teams and who they were negotiating with. And at the end of the day, they were able to save money on DJ. They got Tyone, who's a controllable pitcher, who they are only paying $2 million to this year, and then they, they, they can negotiate with him next year in ARB, and then he hits free agency. And they got Kluber, who's a one-year deal, $11 million. See how he does. They have the depth to back it up. Now, it, would be not, it wouldn't be great if Kluber went out and you know had a 6 ERA and was letting up four or five runs a game. That would be catastrophic, and then you'd be a little bit concerned, oh, we're going to have to get Debbie Garcia in here, or you would have, you know, Anyway, we have Harmon and Montgomery to back it up. But still, I mean, you don't know what was going on. And there's always risk involved. There's always, always going to be risk involved. So I understand your point that it was risky. But you just gave them an A grade. So at the end of the day, it worked out. And you've got to take the risk. Well, I guess, if they like didn't I said, take the I, risk. But wait, if they yeah. didn't take the risk, they're paying DJ $25 million. And then you don't have some of these other guys here. You might not have an Odette. You might not have Corey Kluber. You might only have Tyone. And then and then how pissed off would the Yankees be, right? You might have to be relying more on a Clark Schmidt and a Debbie Garcia in a year where the AL American League is wide open and the Yankees can go all the way. So I feel you. I, I, I feel you. I, 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 I apologize for getting so upset before, but, like, it's just sometimes, like, <sighs> sometimes, I swear to God. But um, I feel you. I feel you. It comes with risk. Well, I guess but, uh, I'll just say it that it, it, it feels like I'm not worried that Kluber is going to is gonna have a 6 ERA. I'm worried that he's going to have – worried is probably not even the right word. I'm I'm concerned – that's the same word. Uh, I'm I'm thinking that the, the, the problem is that he's going to have like a 390 ERA, which is great, but like 120 innings because he is a free agent after the season. It's a, val- it's a valid concern. He is a free a agent after concern. the season, right? He's going to want to preserve his arm so he can get another job in baseball. And oh, my, that's my cat. She wants me to let her out. Um, and the other thing is that like, you're probably going to get the same from Tyon. So that's like, that's, that is the concern. And you got two pitchers like that. So, you know, you're going to have to live with that. But I mean, I think you're going to get quality innings. I've never said you're not going to get quality. That's that's really why I give them the A. Look, do I think they should like again? It's it's about what was available, and you don't know what the other teams were asking for. Do I think they could have gone out and gotten more, um, you know, locked in starting pitching pitchers that you know that pitchers that haven't thrown one pitch over the past two years or that you know can give you more than 140 innings, right? Or like about 145, 150 I mean, innings. four of the Yankee starters yeah. have not thrown a pitch in a year. Like, it just, it, I, and then and then one of them is a rookie, uh, Dievi, and one of them is Monty, who, again, I think is going to take the step forward. I believe in him a lot. Uh, there's a, I mean, the strikeout numbers have increased. The ground ball numbers have stayed consistent. This is a recipe for uh, a great season. And, and, and I think, he, you know, he's like, what, 28, 27 now? Like, time for you to put yeah. on your big boy pants and throw 180 innings. Like, I think, I yeah. think they're going to stop no, babying Mon- him. It's, so it's time for Montgomery to do that. It's, yeah. time for him, it's time for him to take that next step if they let him, which I, I think this is the year they do because they'll, they'll need him to. Like, that's the other thing. Now it's Monty's time. And the other thing is, I do wonder, and I wonder how you feel about this. 
I think that because Herman is soured, uh, I could, I look, I'm not espousing this is going to happen, but part of me has had this thought, which is like, maybe they're not like as concerned with being safe with Herman now with his arm. Maybe they will let him go because they're like, all right, he's kind of a problem for this organization. He's really cost us a lot of issues. You know, maybe, maybe we'll get as extract as much value as we can from him. Let him pitch 200 innings. And then, like, if he hurts himself, well, we'll cut our losses. But I, I don't really think that's going to happen. I, I really I don't. don't know, but because, I, I, yeah. I can't, I can't lie. I, I did have that thought. But. No, but that's 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 a, that's that's a possibility, which is why I said the writing is on the wall for Hermont, someone like Hermont, because you know if he goes out and even if he pitches well, but causes you know a locker room problem, he's going to get traded. But then then he puts himself at a disadvantage. He puts the team at a disadvantage because. Who wants to trade for somebody who's coming off a domestic abuse charge, a suspension, and is the also Rockies, you know, did, I think the didn't the Blue Jays do that with, with Reyes? Like there literally point. will be a team that will happily do that. Um, I mean, I hope that's not the case. Now, again, I one of the points that I was going to make about the Yankees is that it is a team where everything can go wrong. I mean that that is obviously the case for any team. But there is the evidence there, right? Where one, two, and three, bang, they're not, you know, they're just they're just not pitching well. Um, in Tyone, Kluber, and Herman, you don't know how Sebi's going to be when he comes back. All reports are that he looks good, right? And that you know he's ramping up and he's throwing off a mound now. And apparently his stuff looks electric. I don't really know what that means. We don't know, you know, any like in in detail stuff about his pitching. Um, but Severino was a guy who the Yankees thought could be their ace, you know, be their long-term ace. And if he can return to that form, he's our age, right? He's 26 years old. So if he can return to that form, you know, sky's the limit for him. So I feel you. I, I feel you. I feel you. I feel well, you. I well, just don't. Cinder- Should they have been more aggressive and made a more aggressive trade, getting someone controllable like a Luis Castillo, which we all thought might no, be No, I don't even think that, it's Luis Castillo. Like, I do wonder. I think there were options. I mean, I just look, I agree that you're you're right in the sense that there's things that we don't know, like behind the scenes stuff. But I mean, every team pretty much like I've never seen such coordinated fire selling because of a pandemic. Everybody was seemingly on sale because all of the owners are bastards and they were crying cheap and they were everybody was on sale. Like this was the That's year. Well, that's you do the Yankees that. were one of those teams. The Yankees were one of those teams, even though they just got a Forbes rating of almost seven billion dollars. They claim they lost the most money over the pandemic. I mean, I yeah, but they were know. operating within a forty million dollar window, regardless. So I'm saying that they yeah, but they, they could have gotten a discount. They were operating. They also remember they had to stay under the threshold. They did. I agree. They don't want right. to lose a, a draft pick. This is a team that right. That's my point. Right. Developing. Yeah. Exactly. So. I, I do essentially I don't agree with you on the risk part. I do agree with you, obviously, and of course on the pitching on the you know on the question marks. It, it's a high ceiling, high floor, low floor. High, yeah. yeah, yeah, high risk. High. Uh, it, you know, it's it's high one of the risk. highest ceilings. So, you know, Fangraphs has the Yankees with the best rotation in the American League. It's by possible. The way. It's it's possible. I know. So, yeah, it's yeah. possible. Because, I mean, what happens if, if Kluber comes back and there's all of a sudden 2018? I don't think it's going to happen. But, you know, if it, that's a possibility. It's the same guy. 
just three years older. They have the Mets with the third best. Sorry, uh, this is a little bit tangential. They have the Mets with the third best, Yankees with the fourth. They have the. Was that? Was that? Was that? This is updated. This is updated. That was. Oh, it's updated. This they have the Indians. They have the Indians sixteenth, behind the Red Sox, Cardinals, and Mariners. So I don't know how uh, how how uh, much I love these rankings anymore. But the Mets might be a little high with Carrasco down. Yeah, I guess he's coming back. He's coming back in May. Soon. I'm not worried about Carrasco, but yeah. Um, But yeah. So just to close out, uh, I guess this part one. Um, of the Mets and Yankees preview. Um, we are going to do our predictions next time. We're going to do our uh, uh, AL, like MVPs, like which, which you know, of, of the entire league, who was going to win the Cy Young, who's going to win the MVP, who's going to win the Rookie of the Year, both leagues. We're going to do the team MVP. We're going to pick a team MVP. We're going to pick an X-Factor player, and we're going to do our prediction for... Um, the MVP of the team, and then we're going to do our standings projections next time. Oh, um, I guess you found your notes. No, I actually remembered. That's weird. My memory oh, is very, wow. very weird. Damn. It's like fleeting. Maybe it's like I smelled something that was familiar and it triggered a memory. I go. don't know. My brain is is not uh, is not normal. I don't think. I, I should have probably slept more as a teen. I think that probably would have helped. But anyway, uh, that'll do it. I think. Right? Unless you have anything to add. Uh, I don't, I don't want to like cut you off, but if there's anything um, else you want to end with or no, I mean, we're going to give our predictions on the on next the episode yeah. on, cool. on our next breakdown episode. Yeah. Yes. And we're also starting a thing like a miss, a listener mailbag. So you can hit me up, uh, right. at That's Nick right. Wilson on, uh, Quora that I, we used to be loaded bases podcast, but apparently they were like, they were like, we're going to close your account. You can't be a name. You have to be like a person on Quora. So it's Nick Wilson on Quora. Alessandra, if you want to make a Quora, feel free and we'll plug you next time. Uh, or, or just hit us up on Instagram, loaded bases podcast on Instagram, uh, loaded bases podcast or loaded bases pod, I think on Twitter. Uh, and, or just our pods or just our Instagrams. Uh, you know, it's our names. So, that will do it for us today. Episode one, season two of the Loaded Bases it was a feisty podcast. Episode. It was a feisty episode. It was a feisty episode, but you got you know what you got if you if you believe in something, you gotta stand for it. That's what you gotta do. All right, we anyway. came out the gate swinging today. Yeah, well that's how that's what we do here. You know what? We scream and we yell, but it's all love. It's all love, baby. Anyway, uh, yeah, so that that'll do it for us, and um, yeah, yeah, that'll do it for us. So. We're off this. Have a good one and enjoy baseball. Baseball's back. DeGenero, hit me up.